0: I will call upon you to do a service for me Play the Godfather Now at Chumpacasino.com Welcome to the family
1: VGW Group, no purchase necessary where prohibited by law See terms and conditions, 18 plus Oh wow, what a week Uh, Basketball had a big game As usual, this basketball team is unbelievable I I couldn't be more impressed with this team so far Uh, Oh, don't worry, we're going to get to the USC game um but this basketball team. So, the week before they beat Baylor, who was number 20. Oregon was number 25 at the time. Um this last week they beat uh Valparaiso.
0: Yeah, Valparaiso was a tournament team last year.
1: And they they won uh what was the final score here? 76
0: 73-67. Like <laughs> Dylan Brooks dropped a career high 26 points.
1: All these guys are showing up. Is who is Dylan Brooks exactly? Is he the transfer?
0: Uh no, he was a freshman last year. That's right. That's right. That's right. He's one of the It seems like Dana Altman just loves having like half of his roster be from Canada. They've got some serious talent north of the border.
1: Oh, I remember Dylan Brooks now, yeah. But yeah, yeah. Chris Boucher's from uh, Montreal.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, Elgin Cook is from Milwaukee, which might as well be
0: Canada. <laughs> Close enough.
1: Dylan N. S. is from Brampton, Ontario. East Lansing, Michigan. Trevor Manuel, that also might as well be Canada. Because I'm sure... Uh, I don't know if you've been to East Lansing, but I I wish we could just call that Canada. It is the worst place of all
0: time. We might as well just annex it to Canada. Yeah, just like you can have it.
1: We'll, we'll take Toronto. We'll give you the Dakotas.
0: We'll do we'll do a swap here.
1: Yeah, straight up. Um. Yeah, this team. I remember Dave Piper. Shout out to Dave Piper. Dave Piper was, like, all about – he was just so psyched about this team. Um,
0: I'm so, just – right right now, I'm, I'm just picturing, like, around Oregon basketball that – the gif, like, the, it's happening. Oh, yeah. Like, everything's finally coming together. <laughs> yeah. That's my, that's my feelings of when I think Oregon basketball, that's what I think of.
1: Man, I'm psyched. This team is going to be so much fun. It seems like there's someone different, like, every time who is just stepping up. And so last time, there was, like, a bunch of shooters who had over 10 points. So, but Dylan Brooks might be the go-to guy. But then Tyra Dorsey also had 21 points. I mean, it's nice to see it kind of uh, kind of spread out between a guard and a forward. So, I think there's I think there's a lot, a lot of potential. Jordan yeah. Bell is the guy I like a lot. Jordan yeah, Bell, J- I like him.
0: Jordan Bell, it's it's always a block party. He's such a clutch guy defensively too. Yeah. he like he'll block like 3 shots a game no problem at least.
1: Yeah. And I'm looking at these uh these heights and everything. Cuz I remember in the past there was a uh, there's a small issue with our guys just not being nearly tall enough.
0: Mhm. And we um, have that now.
1: Right. I mean Elgin Cook is a 6-6 forward. Uh Dylan Brooks is a 6-7 forward. I mean obviously these guys aren't going to be like NBA forwards. Mhm. But then like Casey Benson is 6-3. Tara Dorsey 6-4. This is a pretty solid group. It's a pretty good group.
0: Yeah. So. And then goodness. we finally got some length with Chris Boucher being ten. I was about to say ten feet tall. Might as well be six feet ten.
1: That's tall. That's a long dude. That's a
0: lot of. That's a lot of height under the rim.
1: Yeah, and it's crazy how big those guys' wingspans are too. Like they say, Gosh. like uh, is it Da Vinci's? Like, what's the guy's name? I'm trying to remember what his name is. It's like the uh uh Vitruvian man.
0: Are you thinking of the crazy drawing with like the arms in like ten different directions?
1: Yeah. And it's four different directions. Where it's like
0: four, ten, you know, yeah, same. Same
1: thing. Yeah. Eight limbs. Uh and it's like your your like wingspan is almost exactly the same as your height. And Mm -hmm. you see guys who are like wide receivers or like defensive ends who really need to get like separation from people. And their their wingspans are just enormous. Like disproportionately large.
0: Which is what you need.
1: It's definitely preferred. Uh, Because, you know, especially if you're a defensive end, and you need to get, like, the pop to keep distance, like, mm-hmm. arm, like, is huge. And then it's, like, even, like, although sometimes those metrics are just get, like, so unimportant. Like, people are measuring, like, pinky to thumb on and at for at the combine for quarterbacks. It's, like, who cares? <laughs> like, honestly, like, who Jesus, cares? People. Yeah. Or, like, how they still have linemen run 40-yard dashes.
0: Well, that's just funny to watch. Come on.
1: It's dumb. That's no. just
0: good. That's just good old fashioned American entertainment, right there.
1: <laughs> as as muscular and as let th- as let as athletic as they are, it's still like fat people doing things. <laughs> and except these people do it faster. These three hundred pounders run faster than you do.
0: Not, oh, exactly. Maybe not
1: you, because you run a lot. But ninety percent of the people watching the combine. So. Man Alright So Next up for Oregon basketball uh, So we're recording this on the 24th By the time this goes up uh, Arkansas State will be tipping off In like a couple of hours Next Monday Fresno State 5pm on the Pac-12 Network Then hosting UNLV On December 4th Hosting Navy At Boise State Uh, hosting Irvine, hosting Beach. December 21st,
0: we get Bama.
1: We get Bama. It's finally the Oregon-Alabama matchup.
0: Um, All all those years we've been chanting, we want Bama. We finally got it.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's
0: basketball, but we finally got it.
1: Yeah. January 3rd is when Pac-12 season starts. Open at Oregon State. Then hosting Cal
0: like hosting Stanford we, at Utah. I like how we always... I like how we... I, I was, like, kicking off the Pac-12 slate with a good old Civil War matchup. Yeah. That's going to be... That could be a tough little stretch, though. With, I, I mean, the, it seems like the Civil War basketball game in Corvallis is always, like, respectable and competitive. Yeah. And then... Cal, Stanford, Utah, Colorado. Those are always tough games, and the Utah, Colorado ones are on the road. That's that's not an easy opening slate there.
1: Yeah, Oregon has been awful at Cal the last few years. Yeah. I'm trying to see, did it, was it last year they finally broke the streak?
0: Last year, they beat them for the first time since, like, 2008. I was at the game the last time they beat them before that, and I was like... I think I was in like my junior year of high school or something, and now I'm two years removed from college. Man. All right. It was frustrating being a UO student watching Oregon Cal basketball.
1: I remember watching Oregon basketball, and I never leave games really, but I came very close one year watching Arizona State play Oregon. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't even, like, it was, it was just, it wasn't even, It was, like, the Utah game was, like, embarrassing. Like, it was tough. But Oregon against Utah State in, like, 2020, 2009, 2010, when it was still mm. at Mac, Mac Court. Oh, yeah. I remember you could just walk into the, walk into, uh. Just walk into the pit. Like, it was nothing. Yeah. And it was watching them play Arizona State was one of the saddest things I've ever seen in my life. It was It was like watching someone take advantage of someone who had never played a certain video game before. Like, it was like an Oregon miss, Arizona State fast break, Oregon turnover, Arizona State fast break... Oregon yep. like missed shot, Arizona State shot, then Oregon gets the, a basket on like a on a weird jumper. And it went, yeah. like it was like that the whole game.
0: They f- the the game that that Rusty here is, is talking about, Thursday, January fourteenth, against Arizona State, MacArthur Court. Oregon lost that game seventy six to fifty
1: seven. And it was not that close. Yeah. It was
0: Let's not see. that close. Yeah, it was. Uh, ugh, it was ugly. But it was like this... a
1: fish trying to
0: breathe. We got much, much better outlook. Um, do you, here's the here's the question I'll pose for you. Mm-hmm. Do you think? Oregon basketball can go undefeated heading into conference play? Yeah. Or is there a game that they're going to like get tripped up by?
1: I mean... I think they will. UNLV I, I, could be tough. UNLV yeah. is just... I always think of them from like the guru of go stuff. Mm-hmm. So, so far, UNLV has beat Cal Poly, New Mexico Highlands... Nice. Southern Utah, they lost to UCLA by 2. They won. Oh, but that was at the uh Maui Invitational. What's up Maui? I love the cutaways I was watching it today. Uh They beat Shalman by like 20. That game was awful. Uh they play Indiana um tomorrow, which I will try to
0: watch. Yeah, cuz that'll be their first That'll be their first road game of the season, December fourth. It'll be.
1: Oh yeah, they're, one, they're, two, they're playing three, four, Orlando.
0: five, six. Yeah, um, or no, well the the game is in. We're pl- we're going to UNLV. Are you sure? I'm looking at the yep. schedule right now. Yep, December fourth right. at at UNLV, and then at at Navy again twice. Like it's not at Navy, but it's. Navy at Pearl Harbor oh it's at Pearl and Harbor mhm
1: well I'll be watching that game because
0: 6.30pm Monday night Fox Sports 1 Two turned up then, I
1: can't turn down
0: they go to Boise State so that's the only
1: I think the only, the only game they could lose of,
0: is UNLV yeah
1: that's the only one I, I could see them losing
0: I could see a weird stumble losing to Alabama on the road, maybe, but not going to let that happen. We
1: host Alabama. It's
0: in Birmingham.
1: But I'm looking at it right now, and it says we're hosting.
0: What schedule are you looking at?
1: I'm looking at the Oregon Ducks basketball schedule, and it says opponent. On
0: goducks.com?
1: No, I'm looking at it on ESPN.
0: Oh, because I'm going to go ducks.com and it says Birmingham.
1: Maybe it's a neutral site. Quote, cool. I'm using air quotes. Yeah. Neutral.
0: <laughs> neutral.
1: Well, I mean, Alabama doesn't have fans to begin with in basketball. So.
0: I don't even think they know they have basketball as a sport there.
1: Yeah. I think, what was it? They played. L- I remember uh, one year, I think it was the national championship game uh, where uh, Alabama beat LSU 21 0. And LSU never crossed
0: the midline. I remember that.
1: And then in the in the basketball game where LSU played at Alabama, the fans cheered whenever the basketball team crossed the midline.
0: Yeah, that was <laughs> expert trolling. So good.
1: It reminds me a lot of when uh, the Rams played uh, Washington, and they every captain. All the captains were players that uh, the Rams got in the trade for Robert Griffin III. Mm-hmm. That was
0: hilarious. So, I, I just, like... I, I love all the trolling that happens like that.
1: Mm-hmm. Once, uh... Once we kind of get out of football season, and it's, like, the darkest time of the year, I'll, like, really mm-hmm. ramp up watching football and make it appointment watching. So... Especially around the holidays right now, it's tough. So, on the other side, what's us about football. Good ol' football. Football! Football! Alright, so, Oregon played USC, obviously. Uh, this looked well in hand. For pretty much the entire game it was comfortable except for like a spot in the third where I was kind of like uh, maybe got Oregon org got a little too comfortable going up like 20 points or whatever
0: mm-hmm. I think at one point they were up like 31-14
1: yeah and so at that point I was like wow this, and, and the biggest thing was, so the final score was 28-48, Ducks win. Uh, and USC looked really bad. Like, their defense was awful. And by defense, I mean secondary.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, running was a non-issue. It's like it's like when uh, teams used to... Uh, uh, when Art when our defense would play against teams they wouldn't even run the football like especially early in the year like our past defense was so awful with like the inexperience right i mean that got shored up and like after the utah game like the utah game was the last one where that was like wow this is that was the
0: last straw where like it was just downright embarrassing what was happening to them
1: yeah but then after that they're like now one of the now they're like one of the best units which is further proof that uh, Coach Neal is probably the best position coach in the country.
0: Yeah, talk about making something out of nothing there.
1: Yeah. Okay, so especially especially I want to point out one guy. Ugo Amadi. Right. Uh, everyone first got introduced to him getting absolutely stiff-armed uh, by the Eastern Washington receiver on his way into the end zone. Um he went up against a lot of people who were more experienced than he was. But he came in super highly ranked uh in recruiting and against USC he balled out so hard. He was guarding Juju Smith a ton. He made so many tackles in space. Also mm-hmm. uh Joe Walker with fifteen tackles. And they were good tackles. Maybe like, Joe Walker. Yeah, they were like chasing people. He, he was like going sideline to sideline. He was everywhere. Like th- it was one of those games where, uh, like if you watch, like you you used to be able to do this with like Troy Polamalu on the Steelers, or like T.J. Ward <laughs> with the Broncos, or like Jarius Bird in the Bills. And you can just say, like, to anybody who's brand new, just say, just watch this guy on defense, and you'll be fine. Like, this guy will tell you everything that's important. He'll, he'll always find his way to the ball. And that's kind of what Joe Walker was this last game. And I think part of that is, too, is that they don't want to go after Coleman. Hardrick play it played well. So it's like, if you're going to go after someone, it might be Walker. And he really stepped up. So and the run defense was exceptional like the entire first half.
0: hmm
1: So I mean there were so many positives to take away from this game. Um man, I was so impressed with the secondary. And the tackling and space was unbelievable. It was like such a nice change of pace. Uh, from what we saw earlier at the beginning of the year. And, like, over the last few weeks especially, you can see the guys getting better and better, like, noticeably better in, like, each and every facet of the defense. And right. this was, like, wow, this defense is playing so well right now.
0: Yeah, and it's the whole thing, really, where, like, the defense is coming together. Vern Adams seems unstoppable right now, and it, it, it's, like... Okay, you know, in a miracle situation, this team's going to go to a New Year Six Bowl. Um, but you know, whoever there is, there was an SB Nation article the other day that was, you know, that said basically, the pass is the pass, and the Ducks shot themselves in the foot by starting three and three and playing like crap at the start of the year. But they are probably the scariest team in the country right now, as far as like. If you're gonna face a team, Oregon's probably the last team you really want to face. Oh yeah, just because oh, yeah. they are on just in fuego. Yeah, I. And I think a lot of that, like Vernon Adams, just looks so comfortable now. Uh-huh. Like he's just he's just cruising. Um, he threw for 407 yards and six touchdowns against against USC like I don't even remember that many games where Marcus Mariota went off like that oh no Like I, f- I feel like Mariota had a lot of like just always solid games but there-, there weren't many that I remember from him where he just went off you know
1: where he was like legitimately perfect in every aspect Yeah, he never had like a great game he was always exceptional but, like, never really hit perfect ever, Mm -hmm. which is, I mean, fine. When you go, like, 24 of 27 for, like, 300 yards and four touchdowns. I don't know. Maybe he was playing like that all the time, and we just got way too used to it.
0: I think that's part of it. I think that by the end, we're just like, (laughs) oh, it's just Marcus being Marcus. Yeah. But I think that we're noticing it from Vernon Adams just after, like, how frustrating it was watching him at the start of the year between – just like getting hurt and then this, I, I, I mean, I remember I was earlier in the year on a previous podcast, I was super critical of the dude and I basically called it a failed experiment.
1: Uh, I was there too. Yeah, so I was actually going to make a point to basically call my own BS because <laughs> I was so full of scorn <laughs> after the Utah game. I was, I was like, like, this guy sucks. It, yeah. His broken finger does not matter. He has no pocket presence.
0: I think we were on the same page. where We were like, screw Vernon Adams. Let's get the Jeff Locke show going.
1: And I then don't we think tried I
0: that. that far.
1: I think I think I left it at this. Our, all our quarterbacks suck. <laughs> we, <laughs> That's where I was
0: at. <laughs> we we tried we tried the whole Taylor Alley Jeff Lockey dual quarterback system, and that just was. A flaming pile of hot garbage.
1: Yeah. Just, although Taylor Alley played really well compared yeah. to what like the expectations were, but Vernon Adams is just like it's so weird though how a finger would like negatively impact so many parts of like him just standing in the pocket and, like not doing anything.
0: Yeah. I although, think it was an interesting point. I think, I think Dave Piper brought it up on Twitter. Uh-huh. That he's he's not gonna he's not gonna win it, he's not gonna get an invite, but making the case of and this is like this will sound like a total Homer comment on sling and quack, but making the case for him being a Heisman finalist just based off of what he's done, like how Oregon looked without him and then how Oregon is with him healthy and just, like, having him be in that conversation because of being a pure impact player. And, like, he's literally just, like, changed this whole season once he got healthy for the Ducks.
1: Um... I think it changed the offense, which made it easier on the defense when they get to play, like, from ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, The defense has gotten way better in a vacuum. And especially, too, having Darren Carrington.
0: He's always open. I don't
1: understand. Okay, so, side note. I looked up or uh, USC Oregon from 2012, uh, which was at the Coliseum. That was a I fun remember, game. I remember being in attendance for this game because Kenyon Barner had 321 yards <laughs> rushing. Uh, he had 26 yards receiving. And he averaged, does it say how many averaged? He made it look so easy. Like he was just like on like gliding, like he was like snowboarding or skiing. Like he yeah, made it look the- so easy just getting all those yards. So
0: yeah that uh, that game to this day remains the single greatest rushing performance I've ever seen.
1: Yeah. So I think I think Marcus had three incompletions and I think two of them were throwaways and one was a drop. <laughs> he went 20 of 23 for 304 yards, four touchdowns, and then ran for 96 yards. I think we just got used to Marcus being perfect. I think yeah. that's what happened. We were like, ah, dude, maybe he was just exceptional. No, he was pretty much perfect every single time.
0: And I like how we talk about the USC game. Like, oh yeah, it was a good day from Marcus, but Kenyon Barner, though.
1: <laughs> and Marcus was just unreal. Um, yeah, so reason number 1628 why Marcus Mario is one of the best college football players of all time. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what he's kind of getting it nailed for is how easy he made it look. Right. I feel like and he just made it look so easy and people aren't going to give him credit.
0: Yeah. So, it, it it was a it was a it was a fun time when he was here.
1: Yeah, and I remember uh uh what's what's his name? Uh Ted Miller was filling out like uh, like all Pac-12 teams or whatever Or all Pac-12 team And he was like First team, it was really tough But I had to give it to Matt liner It's like, why? Why'd you have to give it to Matt Leiner?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Why? T- tell me one thing he did better than Marcus Mariota Marcus Mariota Had less talented players Clearly less talented players He Had better statistics Across the board He had more wins, he had more more Pac-12 championships, Uh, and he had, like, he was just better in every single way. I don't know how you can be like, oh, Matt Leinhardt, like, clearly, like, better. And it's like, no, how can you even, like, he didn't even mention Marcus Mariota. It's like, how can you not mention Marcus Mariota? Right. Like, honestly, like, obviously, I'm an Oregon fan. But, tell tell me one person. Tell, give me one quarterback in the Pac-12 who was better. Show me... Sh- just one. Show me one. I dare you. Whoever's listening, I dare you. Just show me one.
0: <laughs> that is a straight-up challenge. Yeah.
1: Okay. Honestly, I just, I don't understand how people can just, like... He made it look so easy. Um... So, back to the USC game. Um, The one knock that we could have had on... Okay, 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 okay. Let's see this, let's see this. What do you define a successful defensive performance as against USC?
0: Against Tons USC, like, are we talking like points or yards? Just or... general
1: statistics: third down, passing, rushing, all that stuff.
0: Yeah, I would I would say an overall successful day on defense is if you can, you know, I mean, I think it goes without saying for any team if you can hold them under under a hundred rushing yards. I think is a good benchmark always. Okay. Um, I think if you can. If you can hold them to, you know, I think if you can hold them to under, because it seems like it's a bigger, like, it seems like college quarterbacks put up bigger numbers more frequently. Mm -hmm. And so I think if you can hold them to under 200 passing yards. That is
1: aggressive.
0: That's aggressive, but.
1: So this is like an A-plus performance.
0: Yeah, this is like. We're talking like the defense was the star. Yeah, under two hundred passing yards, under a hundred rushing yards, third downs less than I'll give it less than fifty percent. Okay. Um. That would be kind of the and then you know points wise, under twenty.
1: Okay, so USC at twenty eight points. They had 238 yards passing off of 41 attempts. So that's 5.8 yards per pass, which is really low. Mm -hmm. Uh, They rushed for 186 yards. Almost all of that came in the second half when Oregon was pretty much selling out on pass defense because at that point USC was far behind. This is the average 4.9 yards a rush. And let's see, how many sacks did they have to say? They had one forced turnover, Arian Springs. I don't think. Okay, so USC had about four bad snaps. Like clearly bad, like not even debatable. And the second one was bad. I don't even think Arian Springs jumped in the backfield, uh, hit. Kessler from behind, ball comes out. Oregon recovers, and then the next play they score a touchdown. To uh,
0: that was Charles Nelson. Yeah, I think that was kind of the. That was it. Uh, that I, I I'd say that was probably one of the defining moments of that game was that that turnover because at that point we were looking at. What was it here? So it was it was thirty-eight twenty eight at that point. Mm-hmm. It had been thirty-one fourteen at some point. So USC was within ten. Right. They horse. The and so they had the ball. And had they scored a touchdown on that drive, you're looking at, you know, suddenly we're within a field goal here. And then right there, yeah, bam. Sacked by Arian Springs, fumble, forced by Arian Springs, DeForest Buckner comes up with it, first play, Charles Nelson, touchdown, game over. Yeah. Just like yeah. literally game over at that point. That's
1: Yeah, that was that was really the only Point where I was like, "Oh man, USC might be crawling back into this one.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like they might just like kind of backdoor their way into a, a, like a closed game." Um. Yeah, I don't even think Arian Springs was supposed to be blitzing. I think he just saw the ball go down and went for it. Um, I'm trying to think of how many sacks Oregon had. I'm trying to figure out. Let's see if it says, like, in the recap how many sacks there were. I want to say, like, four. Man, I think there were four, which was huge. Um, On third downs, USC was 6 of 15.
0: See, that's that's something that I would consider very successful.
1: Yeah, getting off the field. Had one Mm -hmm. turn... forced one turnover. Um... I think this defense played outstanding. I think this defense played
0: outstanding. Yeah, overall, I would. You know, those are the standards I was giving was like
1: Alabama. This
0: is yeah this this is like an unreal performance. I would say considering it's USC and a very talented team and the weapons they have on offense, I'll I'll take those stats as a win.
1: Oh yeah.
0: Especially with how Oregon's defense has played this year, like, giving up 700 yards a game. That and was
1: after 108 plays. Yeah, but that was bad.
0: Um, but it's bad bad.
1: Yeah, also shout out to the polar bear who tweets at me every week. He pointed out, we're going to get to this in a little, uh, Stanford winning out, Oregon goes to the Rose Bowl. If they make the playoffs. So... There were there was one rough spot for Oregon, and that is when they got backed up. Vernon Adams took like a 12-yard sack, Mm -hmm. and like we started the drive on the six. Royce Freeman rushed for a first down, got a penalty, like a rush of no gain, and Vernon Adams took like a 12-yard sack that put us like back on the six. Follow that up with, uh, well, Wheeler's basically got his heels in the end zone. Like he's, normally, you want to get that guy like 8 to 10 yards, and he's at like 6. Or he's right. at 10. Normally, they want to get like 13 to 15 or something. Mm-hmm. So he is on an incredibly short uh, incredibly short distance from behind. Prime blocking uh, potential for USC. So, Oregon has to hold more people back. Not a good punt at all uh, and Adoree Jackson takes it back so I mean he caught it on like the 40 R40 so it's like he, that was going to be amazing regardless and then when you have that many people back to protect like the coverage is going to be awful mm-hmm. and uh, he shredded so that was the one where I was like wow this is uh, that was a bad play yeah and you you could kind of see it like that entire time you're like, all right, this isn't gonna be good, and as soon as he punted it, I saw how short it was like oh this is this is bad, this is real bad, and yeah. like, everything is so spread out. I'm like, oh my God, he's just gonna go for it now, like he's yeah and that was
0: go ahead that was kind of where that was kind of where things were starting to go a little wrong, like yes, you had the punt return, and then Oregon went three and out on their next drive, uh-huh. And had to punt it away again. Right. And you're like, oh, what's gonna happen here? And then that's where the USC fumble came in.
1: Yeah, thank God. I was,
0: I was, I was talking about that last week. We, 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 we need a better punter. We Ian Wheeler is not gonna. That's that's not gonna work, dude.
1: Well, like, we, I I feel like we got some more coming in. Yeah. So. I feel I feel like that'll get figured out. I mean, we didn't have a kicker. Like I don't count who our kicker was as a kicker for a while. Like he hurt more than he helped, um, and now we have statistically the best kicker in the country. Isn't that weird? Like I'm scarred it, from like all the missed field goals that were super yeah. super important. Um. So we talked about Ugo Amadi. We talked about Vernon Adams being unbelievable. Darren Carrington always getting open. I don't know how it's possible. Uh, and I really want to emphasize, I really can't emphasize enough how bad USC secondary was. Mm-hmm. Like, I've never seen anyone more open in my life than when Evan Bayless caught it going down the left hash. For the first passing touchdown.
0: Yeah, I saw a highlight of that one, and I was like, Ooh. Who's covering him? Like, there's no one around him. It was like...
1: The safety was, like, in cover one, and he rolled over to the opposite side because there was, like, a deep threat. There was, like, trips to that side where there was two, guy, or two wide receivers to that side. They, like, went straight. Safety came back over the top, leaving, like, the left side exposed. And the middle linebacker, like, redirected Bayless and then let him go. As soon as Bayless got like five yards off the line, I was like, he's so open right now. He's so yeah. open. And he was so open that I don't think... I, th- I believe he thought there was some- going to be someone behind him. Because he went back across the field to where people were. Like, he had to think that there was someone behind him.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because when he catches the ball on the TV broadcast, there is not a defender in the frame. I kid you not, there's not a defender in the frame. Which stretches like from the right hash all the way to the other sideline. And from like the end line to the forty. That is a huge amount of space. And there wasn't a single person in there.
0: Yeah. That's 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 a big problem.
1: Unbelievable. And then they messed up uh can I Benoit touchdown? He was by himself. Josh Huff. Uh, I guess on the Josh Huff play, he just torched his guy who was like kind of on an island. Safety totally whiffed, uh, getting Darren Carrington. Ugo Amati played amazing. Springs played really well. Uh, Charles Nelson. He laid wood. He dropped the hammer on a, a, on a receiver coming across the middle. Yeah. Force an incompletion. I was I didn't know he could hit that hard. Crazy. Just crazy. Um also I wanna point out how badly timed uh USC penalties were.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They had twelve penalties for let me look this up, I know they had twelve penalties for hundred and twenty four yards. And they had them at some of the worst times, too. Like, it would be, like, first down. They had three false start penalties in a row. That was the first time, too, where it really felt like in pre-2007.
0: Like, making an impact again.
1: Yeah. Or, like, people just being loud and people, like, really caring about this. And mm-hmm. not just kind of, like, sitting back and knowing things are going to work out or whatever. Like, but actually, like, really caring about the game.
0: Right so knowing that every game isn't just gonna be like a blowout and a given and yeah yeah
1: exactly because for a while it was like oregon's team was just like a machine yeah and it like did not matter anything that happened and so now you feel like a little i feel like fans feel a little bit more i know i do i feel a little bit more like desperation like every game is on the edge, and if like we just get this stop here, like things will turn around, and like oh, exactly. And it's like every possession seems much more
0: important now.
1: And yeah, it was, I mean,
0: I, I remember just you know, I I, 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 I didn't get to watch much of the USC game just because I, I was, I was at work and working retail, and you need to knock that
1: job off. You needed not see this.
0: work anymore. You know, we had so many Pac-12 After Dark games, I was feeling good about it, and then I saw the two consecutive afternoon games, I was like, we had a good run. We had a good run.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, But I just remember, like, I, you know, had the game pulled up on my phone when I could, and just with, like, you know, the, the slim, slim, slim Rose Bowl Hope still alive, like, that was... Probably the most interested I've been in a game since Michigan State, and yeah. it was refreshing just to have that like feeling of just being so like into the game again, yeah, and I think that's kind of what I imagine was the environment at Austin again too,
1: oh yeah, and it was interesting because uh u s c you could you like you knew they had the talent, like everybody knows mm. how ridiculous these guys are. But they aren't scary. You know what I mean? Right. Like when uh, Reggie Bush and those guys came, it was like, this is Goliath. Like these guys are unbelievable. Mm -hmm. And this time, like, because they were just an amazing team, especially with Lindale White. Lindale White doesn't get nearly enough credit to either. Like, you ask any, like, real diehard u s d fan, and they're like, Reggie Bush was amazing, but Lindale White was the law. Right. Like, if you have, like, any real big play, very rarely did you see Reggie Bush handling it. It was always Lindale White. So, a much better college running back than pro running back. Because he always had weight issues, and at some point like, it just doesn't cut it in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um... But, you know, if I could only pick one running back to have, based on their college performance, if I could only pick one running back out of those two for a team, that's all I got. I would pick Lindale White. Interesting. Yeah. Like, if it wasn't for Lindale White, Reggie Bush wouldn't have just been able to go off. Um, so, apparently we're still in, people are still in on firing Scott Frost after... Yeah. 777 yards against Cow, a Pac-12 team, uh, which was a school record, uh, against USC, 578 yards of offense, uh, 407 yards through the air on 25 plays, 171 yards on the ground, 4.5 yards a rush, a carry.
0: Uh, Doesn't matter. Get rid of
1: them. Oregon had eight for eight third downs the entire game. And they were long third downs, but apparently we're still in on firing Helfrich. Or, uh, not Helfrich. Actually, people still are in on firing him. But, uh, f- talk about Frost. Uh, my favorite. Yeah, I, I shit you not. Excuse my lord. I shit you not. A guy said this. This was after Oregon scored the 38th point, And then Oregon gave up, like, a long third down. Mm-hmm. And I got a tweet, uh, Rob Mosley was tweeting, just a general one, it's not like he was tweeting at me. Like the one time, he was like really annoyed about me making a poem joke. Um, He sends out a tweet that was like, after Boise State, uh, no, what was it? It was like after Washington, uh, Tennessee, and USC, Oregon scored like 176 straight points. Mm-hmm. It was something like that against a Justin Wilcox defense, and then five minutes later, I hear, "Yeah, I mean the defense has been doing a lot better, uh, but I think Don Pelham is just a good position coach, and he needs to go back to being a position coach. We need some. <laughs> we need someone like Justin Wilcox. Like, are you watching this game right now? Are you are you watching this game and you're saying that straight faced?" This defense is lost. This defense has no idea what's going on. Yeah, I. Oh my God! It was just. Do these people believe themselves? Like honestly, at this point, I really wonder if they believe themselves.
0: Oh, they absolutely do. How
1: can you? It's just. It's unbelievable to me. I mean, just in all walks of life, how people will have these opinions and everything, and they won't have any facts or logic to back it up. And it's like, well, what about this? And they're like, eh, I I don't know. It's like, okay, let's not let the facts get in the way of your idea. Yeah. And it's just, oh, my God. Especially when it comes to, like, college football. And just, it's so frustrating to hear some of these people. Fire Frost, even though he's, like, replacing one of the best college quarterbacks of all time with... A guy who was playing FCS a year ago. Granted, he's playing amazing right now. Uh, well, of course, that's not because of Frost at all. Uh, it's it's unreal. I'm
0: completely blown away. Sometimes
1: this team is well, going to finish. Does,
0: if he does, if he does get fired, our friends over the Iowa State blog, Wide Right and Natty Light, which is just a fantastic name by the way. Yes, uh,
1: they they love Frost.
0: Early, early potential candidates for the Iowa State head coaching position, and there is a giant picture of Frost's mug right there.
1: Um, he won't go to Iowa State. Do you know why? Why is that? Because Nebraska is opening up after this next year. <laughs> yeah. I am not joking when I say that either. Riley already had the vote of confidence. Uh, vote of confidence from the athletic director three weeks ago. He's into his first year at Nebraska and he already has a vote of confidence. Which means that uh, that job is open after the next season.
0: So be be honest. If a head coaching job opened at the school like if you were a if you were a you know, offensive coordinator for Nebraska and let's say that Oregon is just kind of like a mediocre program and the head coaching job opened up at the school you went to, you would do it in a heartbeat.
1: Oh, yeah. I don't even think, like, Nebraska, like, right now, is kind of middle of the road. Mm -hmm. They should be significantly better than they are. They are drastically underperforming. Yeah. Historically, they've been fantastic. Granted, football has kind of moved away from, like, corn-fed Big Ten football, even though they've been in the Big 12 for so long. Um, but, like, they should be better than they are right now. They have no reason to not be that good. It's not like Miami, which had no tradition whatsoever, and then uh, caught fire when all that money was coming in, illegally, but, you know, whatever, every program does that, including Oregon. Um and they are they are really aren't relevant anymore but Nebraska has all that tradition and everything like they could carry it through they have like a different value proposition to sell to people um Mm -hmm. so that's a job that I think is actually really full Abby it's a great opportunity sorry it's late when we're recording this um so yeah, I don't think he's gonna take Iowa State. Iowa State has not had like a good team in forever. Like yeah, if Scott Frost knows that he's coaching the Oregon offense. Another better job will open up. To yeah, where he, he can goes hold to Most established. Like what? What's it, what's he gonna do? Like go to Iowa State, make one point two million dollars a year, where it could easily go terrible. Or is he gonna just keep making like six hundred fifty thousand dollars, like coaching the Oregon offense, and then just wait for like the two million dollar position to open up at a school where he can be successful?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like it's like oh six hundred fifty thousand compared to two million, and it's or like one point two million, and it's like yeah, but he's like early thirties. He does not care at this point, and it's not and it's not like six hundred fifty thousand dollars is like whatever. But it's just like, I mean, that's so much money. Still, you can you can you can sit it out a little bit.
0: You can wait for a better job.
1: Yeah. So I mean, he could probably after his few seasons coaching, he could probably retire already. So. I mean, if, if we're being honest with ourselves, he could retire already, which is mm-hmm. maybe my favorite quote. If we're being honest <laughs> with ourselves. <laughs> Whenever I hear that, I just laugh. Um so we're playing Oregon State Friday, the mm-hmm. day after Thanksgiving. Um they might have Seth Collins back. Uh it is not. It is still up in the air based on reports. I saw it earlier today, the twenty fourth. Um Oregon State not good. That this, is the nicest way of saying it. They are two and nine.
0: This one's not gonna be close.
1: Their wins are over Weber State. Is it Weber State? Yeah, Weber State and San Jose State, which is a huge improvement Oof. because normally they drop the games to FCS teams. And I'm not joking when I say that. That was a huge improvement. I saw that, and I was like, all right, Gary Anderson, I see you. I see you. Doing the right things. Um, meanwhile... They, they were actually competitive with Michigan for over a quarter and like not com- and I mean like competitive but they they clearly look better for about 20 minutes
0: mm-hmm.
1: which you know, given Michigan given that it's Oregon State against Michigan is a huge sign in the right direction um, so uh, let's take a look yeah so they lost to Michigan 35-7. Lost to Stanford 42-24. Lost to Arizona 44-7. Lost to Washington State 52-31. But at that time Washington State was playing really well. Uh, lost to Colorado 17-13. Lost at Utah. Here was the one that puzzled me. 27-12. to Huh. I think that they have their moments. They can do some things well. Like... If you take – um, they score a touchdown against Colorado. They maybe – what's – like they keep it competitive with Utah. Like this, we have like a very different perspective on this team. And this is a team, too, that's going to be awesome in two to three years. I mean, Gary Anderson went to Utah State, and with the help of Chucky Keaton, turned them into like one of the most – impressive teams because utah state was a was routinely on the espn bottom 10 teams
0: yeah i remember the hype when when they brought in uh, when they brought in anderson and he put in the new spread offense and everyone was getting i mean change is exciting but it just kind of proved to be a transitional year for them
1: oh for sure i mean they don't even have that much talent to begin with like yeah their three-stars are like our four-stars or five-stars. Inter-
0: Interesting side note. I'm reading a preview of the game. It uh, says, last week, Anderson said that Seth Collins was done for the year, but oh. he was at practice on Monday playing wide receiver.
1: Maybe there's a problem with like his rotator cuff or something. And he just can't throw, but he can catch. Mm-hmm. So, But, I mean, every player on this Oregon State defense was – recruited to run like a pro offense like uh actually I'm gonna be correct instead of saying it's gonna to bring a single back offense um so a single back heavy play action um, so I mean it's one of those things where you have square peg round hole mm-hmm and you just kind of got to grind it out for a while. Um, he's doing the best, really, that he can with it. Um, their last few games, though, lost to UCLA 41-0. Lost to Cal 54-24. Lost to Washington 52-7. That
0: is yeah, they've just been rough. getting walloped.
1: That is not good.
0: Um, I'm gonna say no. score. Pre- I'm gonna give this score one here. I'm gonna say fifty-six, fourteen. Oregon. Ooh. I'm just. I'm. I'm sensing a good old-fashioned whooping coming. It's, Whoa. it's a. It's a rivalry game, and anything can happen. Sure, but no,
1: these teams are so far apart.
0: Yeah, this is like these two teams are just in such opposite directions.
1: Yeah, like with Ohio State, Michigan. Like, if it was anybody other than Michigan, I would even say that Ohio State drops this one. Mm-hmm. But since it's Michigan, like, they don't need... They're going to get up for it. Um, so, like, Seth Collins was the only quarterback with a completion percentage higher than 50%. Um, the other two quarterbacks, Mitchell and McCarrion, have thrown more interceptions than touchdowns. Their leading rusher was Seth Collins with 536. Storm Woods is second with 491. Third is Ryan Nall with 281. Like, our top three rushers all have more rushing yards than their number one rusher. Yeah. And then they're just so bad, and I feel bad for that Mm -hmm. fan base because that fan base deserves to have good things happen to them. Other than beating Oregon. So, I mean, the guy of Gary Anderson, huge step in the right direction. Um, I am... I don't see any scenario. I mean, unless, like, the Mayan calendar, like, got it wrong and, like, the field splits open. We lose, like, the entire Oregon team.
0: Shoot, dude, I... I wouldn't even be mad. I'd just be watching that. But, like, what did I just see? Like, Bane from uh, Dark Knight Rises. And then, even
1: then, like, our walk ons against them, I'd be like, all right, this will be close. <laughs> like, Oregon State will <laughs> probably win, but this will be close. This will be competitive.
0: Bring, bring in them, mix in some people from the student section. We can make it happen.
1: Yeah. Um, quick note one of my favorite parts of the game was Dwayne Stanford catching a touchdown pass. They go up 38-14. Him catching it, looking at the USC crowd and then just eyeballing Tommy Trojan. <laughs> there's like a there's like a picture and like a couple camera angles of him catching it. Uh then like going to the going to the side and Tommy Trojan's like right in front of him and he just stares at him for like a couple of seconds. <laughs> um Man, this was such a great win. And it's crazy, too. Like, here's the thing. I don't get, like... Granted, it was, like, a terrible start. But people are just letting that start ruin their whole perception of this team. Mm-hmm. This right. team has been so much fun. This team has been so much fun. Like, granted, at times, it's been, like, really stressful. when I've almost passed out, like, the last three
0: games. Uh that's the beauty of college football but
1: like when have we ever like? I don't remember the last time I've ever cared more about like individual plays and everything right like the game against Washington I haven't cheered that hard for a win in so long like I I think I might have even cared about beating Washington this year more than I cared about the national championship game last year <laughs> Like all week, like with the national championship game, I was kind of like, it's going to be what's going to be. Our team is good. Ohio State's good.
0: Whatever happens, happens. Whatever
1: happens, happens. Like it was such an accomplishment to get to this place in the in the first place. And you know, as a fan, I can have the perception I'm happy to be here. It doesn't matter. That doesn't have an impact on the team. I know they're going to play their ass. off. We both off.
0: said it. We both said it. Going to the Washington game, we're like, win this game and. Whatever happens after this (laughs) is fine.
1: I do not care what happens the rest of the season as long as we beat Washington. And so as soon as we beat Washington, I was like, yep, cool, we're good. I'm fine. Season is a success. And now here we are. Like, uh, we haven't lost since then. Um our only loss since the abomination that was the Utah game was to Washington state in double over time. And now Washington state is like wrecking everybody. Yeah. Um, so we beat Washington by six when Vernon Adams and Darren Carrington came back. Oh yeah. So if Vernon Adams is healthy against Michigan state, Oregon wins that game. Right. We didn't, so I'm not going to be like, oh, we deserve to win a game. We didn't. Michigan State played better. We had like a couple huge plays go our way. But if Vernon Adams is healthy, he makes the plays to get it, even though Michigan State, I think, played better all around. Uh, Drop the game to Utah because that game was awful. That team came in so unprepared. If you really want to get mad about one game of coaching, then that's the game you can get pissed about. Uh, then... Washington State, that game is not close if Vernon Adams is back and healthy. Um, And then 26-20 over Washington. 61-55 in triple overtime over Arizona State. Uh, Cal was a 44-28 win. Stanford went down to the wire. USC was a 48-28 win. Like, this season has been so much fun. Like, every weekend, it's just, like, nuts. It's, like, anything could happen. So, there's just enough un- unknown and unpredictability to make it exciting and just enough winning to make it still fun.
0: If yeah, that exactly. Makes sense.
1: So, now we play at Oregon State. It's going to be a win. It's going to be great. And, you know what? Oregon's going to finish 9-3. and three. Uh... Whoever they're going to play in a bowl game, they're going to beat, like, based on how Oregon is maybe power-ranked as one of the best teams in the country.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and they're probably going to end up in a 10-win season, and people are pissed. <laughs> like, that's ridiculous to me now. Like, at three 3-3, and three, it was a different place, uh, especially after the Utah loss. And I think all of our statements stand based on, like, what we were talking about at the time. I think those were all accurate. Uh, Maybe saying that people sucked was a little early, but I was heated at the moment. Um, But this was a really good team. And they're going to win 10 games, and people are, like, pissed about it, (laughs)
0: Welcome to Oregon football.
1: It, like, what happened? Like, I remember when I was a kid, I used to be like, yes, Oregon crack the top 25. Yeah. Now it's like, now it's like we lose, like we drop out of the top 25 for two weeks and people are like, I hate this program. I hate everybody. We need to like cancel everything. We should like suspend the football program for like the rest of the year. Just pack it in. We'll try again next year. And this team was actually good. And Pelham and Frost deserve a lot of credit. People are like, oh, it shouldn't shouldn't take him like a year or like a half a year or whatever. It's like, dude, come on. He turned it around. We have 10 wins. The goal was to get to 10 wins.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, they held Stanford to 36. They held Cal, which is one of the most explosive, to 28. They held USC, which had a ton of talent, to 28. Like, I'm not sure what these people want at some point. It reminds me of this guy that used to sit behind me at football games, and one of the reasons we switched our season ticket spots is because I couldn't stand sitting in front of him anymore because all he did was complain. Like, if Marcus Mariota threw, like, a pass that was a little outside of the receiver's grasp, he would be like, come on, Marcus, you got to hit that. And it's like, dude, really, he just hit, like, 20 in a row, and now you're upset about it?
0: You can't handle the negative, Nancy.
1: Yeah. And there was, like, another guy. There was there was another play, too, where someone – there was, like, a running back that was, like, getting stuffed. And he was about to, like, cut up the field for, like, a huge gain. And a linebacker caught him from behind. And he – like, the quarter – just in time as he was crossing the line of scrimmage, the guy got, like, two yards. And this guy's pissed because he got tackled forward instead of behind. Like, why do you come to these games? You just seem to hate everything. Like, you don't get any enjoyment out of this. I don't know why you come. And and have season tickets. Like, why do you continually do this to yourself? So, um, the one bowl game that Oregon could get into mathematically is the Rose Bowl. Right now, Oregon, or Stanford is sitting at number
0: nine. Um, Yeah, Stanford can beat Notre Dame and then win the Pac-12 title. They can maybe still squeeze into the playoff, which opens up the Rose Bowl.
1: Yeah, I don't see a scenario. Um, Alabama Alabama's in. Clemson is in um Oklahoma. So yeah, if or if Stanford beats Notre Dame, Notre Dame's out. Um I'm looking at Oklahoma's schedule who's playing super hot right now except for the close win over TCU. They play Oklahoma State on the 28th. So that's going to remove Oklahoma State's couple spots behind Stanford. So the Big Twelve is going to get a team, probably Oklahoma. So that really leaves it down to. Actually, that's not true. Uh, It depends. See, I don't even know if Stanford's going to get in because Michigan State's going to represent. If Michigan State loses to Penn State, then they won't make the playoff, even if they win the Big Ten.
0: Yeah. If I,
1: Iowa wins out, they better make the playoff. Because at that point, it's like they just went undefeated, won the Big Ten, and you're not going to let them in over a team that
0: lost? Yeah, that's a joke at that point.
1: Well, these whole rankings have been a joke all year. How was Iowa 10 when Oklahoma is uh, – how how is Iowa undefeated and they've had like four good wins and Oklahoma's above them? And Oklahoma lost to Texas. People act like that game didn't even happen.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's 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 infuriating. Uh, Alabama has looked unstoppable. I'll give them some credit for just looking amazing outside of the Ole Miss game. Michigan State had the win over Ohio State. But then again, I don't even think Ohio State's that good. Ohio State is number eight. They don't have a quality win this year. Their wins are over Virginia Tech, Hawaii, Northern Illinois. And the Northern Illinois one went down to the wire. Western Michigan, Indiana, they almost dropped that game. They beat Maryland. Uh, They beat Penn State, who is awful. They look good against Rutgers, but everybody looks good against Rutgers. They were two touchdowns apart from Minnesota. They lost the only ranked game on their schedule. They had one ranked team so far on their schedule, and they lost. How can we even like rank these guys in the top ten? Like I'm looking at who who I would pick above them. I'm I'm upset about this. I'm upset. I would pick uh, North Carolina to win. I would pick uh, Florida State. I would pick Florida. I would pick Oklahoma State. I would pick Mich. I'm picking Michigan this week. Straight up, I'd pick Stanford. I'd pick Baylor, Notre Dame, Michigan State. I'd pick Iowa. I'd pick every team. I would put Ohio State at like 15. They have not done anything this year. And there's this guy on college game day final, and he's been ranking them number one this whole year. And he's like, well, they haven't lost a game. They've won 25 in a row. It's like, yeah, of course. They've been playing nobody. Right, been it's been playing all nobody, teams. And they've been looking average at best Mediocre most of the time, and it's like, oh, well, they've won all these games in a row. It's like, yeah, most of those games are from last year. And this one guy was like the win over uh, Minnesota. They're like winning in Minnesota, scrapped out a win, did it with a backup quarterback. Like their backup quarterback is Cardillo Jones. Like he gets so, you can't give him be giving him all this credit for being like this amazing quarterback winning the pack uh, the national championship. And being like, oh, Ohio State won with Cardale Jones. Like, he's a starter on almost every other team in the country, mm-hmm. and scraping out a win over Michigan or Minnesota when the rest of your games also suck doesn't make you like a good team. So, I mean, other people are like, oh, but they're so talented. Like, they just they pass the eye test. Like, how do they pass the eye test? They they play like, awful. Uh, so I mean, wrapping up. Um, Michigan State could win the Big Ten. Iowa could win the Big Ten. I think if the Big Ten championship has one or fewer losses, they're going to get in. Um, I think Oklahoma, if they lose to uh, Oklahoma State, then Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State's way too low, though. Um. I don't think they would jump Stanford at that point if they've lost to Baylor. Man, I think I think Oklahoma State would have to beat Oklahoma. Stanford would have to beat uh, Notre Dame.
0: Yeah, I mean, mathematically, the Ducks can still go, but it's, it's just it's going to not- take a lot. It's incredibly so unlikely. So the safest thing is just to mentally prepare for the Foster Farms Bowl.
1: You want the Foster Farms Bowl to happen. It's not going to happen.
0: I I, I kind of want it. It's just down the road for me.
1: I know. That's why you Selfish want
0: Selfish fan it. Of me wants it to happen, and I can afford going to that game. Yeah, exactly. It'll probably be like $5 tickets. Probably. My dinner will probably cost more than my game tickets. True.
1: Um, yeah. Otherwise, it's like the Alamo Bowl or the Holiday Bowl.
0: Uh, so. But really, I'm... I'm
1: I'm just proud of this team. I
0: love this team. Would the Rose Bowl be great? Obviously, but, uh, you know, realistically, let's take the Holiday Bowl. That sounds fun.
1: Yeah. You know what? You know what? I'm just happy with this team. Made a bowl game, beat Washington. They're going to get 15 more practices. That's going to be huge. Um, Oregon basketball, looking great. Oregon football, looking great, and people still dislike this team for some reason. Um, Beat Washington. Oregon State's going to be an easy, easy win this, this weekend. Um, so here at Sling and Quack, we just want to wish all you guys a happy Thanksgiving. Or to those people who uh, don't live in the United States but are still Duck fans, we hope you have a great weekend. Any closing comments, Sean?
0: It's Civil War week. Always a fun time. Let's, uh, let's, let's keep that winning streak alive.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think it's going to be so difficult. The spread's minus 34. Oh, woof. Which seems low. <laughs> All right, well, that'll do it for uh, the two of us. I'm Rusty. That's Sean. We'll see you guys next week.